Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Jean Thomas from Jackrow, a Canadian games publisher out of Quebec City. Jean Thomas and his brother Etienne create fun games and artistic masterpieces. They have had three successfully funded Kickstarter campaigns with Vikingar, Nouvelle France, and 40 Thieves. JT, welcome to the binge. How are you doing? I'm good. You? I am doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it is a crazy time of year uh, with kids and everything running around the household. <laughs> so we've been able to carve off uh, 30 minutes of your time. And uh, uh, I thank you so much for that. So it's a pleasure for me. Uh, I thought we'd just start off by getting into your story, uh, kind of the background of how you guys create this game. Now, just to give people the numbers that are listening, we've got Vikingar, uh, which was, I guess, your first um, campaign that you guys ran? Yes. So 93,000, 93,500, 1,058 backers on that one. 40 Thieves did 46,000 with 716 backers. Nouvelle France is uh, 68.7 thousand with 720 backers. So altogether, you guys have raised about $625,000 across almost 2,500 backers. That is a huge accomplishment. And I know you're a small team, so that that's incredible. You guys must be pretty Thank proud you. of that. Yeah, yeah, we are really pr- proud, but it's it's really hard. Uh, when you are doing kickstart like that, uh, there is not that much uh, money left at the end of the adventure. Uh, there is so many fees to, to pay uh, and so yeah. many money that you have to throw <laughs> to do uh, promotion, to do shipping, to do fret, uh, all the tests uh, for the CE uh, uh, codification in Europe. There is so many fees that there is not that much money left at the end of the adventure. Which is the reason why I think this is a, a hobby for most people, right? Yeah. And uh, most people are doing this uh, usually for the passion, right? More than the money. It's the passion that really drives it, I think. Eh? It's it's an adventure. It's it just it just crazy. <laughs> but it's a yeah. feeling. So where did you guys start? So how did you and your brother get into this? Like, uh, how long have you guys been making games? Uh, about five years, uh, five years ago, Etienne and I was working, uh, not, not, not through, uh, he was uh, working with a friend of, of E and he was doing a game and he said, ah, I did a little game and I tried it and it wasn't <laughs> working at all. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, uh, it's cool. And his friend just leave for a military, uh, issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is in the in the army and he, he just uh, get uh, deployed so he attended asked me would you like to help me to reach we work on the the game i say yes but if you want me to do it with you uh, you have to let me broke <laughs> what you did <laughs> not built on it we have to rebuild it because okay. it wasn't working so we start working on a game it was Xibalba it was um, uh, a hand game that you have to do tunnel underground Xibalba it's like hell for, okay, the, yeah, yeah. for Inca at Maya in Inca so we was uh, doing uh, the uh, how you say that the hand uh, 
how you name that the house of the hand <laughs> okay yeah yeah okay got it yeah so you have to drill the the, the the ground and you have to place the cards and on the other end in the in the tunnel and do sacrifice to have venom so it was the game and we present that game in that contest here in Quebec, and we didn't win. <laughs> oh, really? That actually sounds like a fun game. <laughs> it was pretty uh, fun, but yeah. uh, too, it was too complex. It was too... No, maybe we can really re, work on it, uh, yeah. but it wasn't working that good. So uh, when we get out of the contest, we say, now build a game to win next year's. So we decide to change the game to rework on a new one. And this is how we create Viking Gar. Okay. And uh, my, my brother is the artist. He is a little bit a crazy man with, uh, with his uh, artistic uh, talent. And <clears throat> he find a way to produce a map with Viking Gar uh, that you have uh, all water all around the map. Okay. And you have to find to explore and when you, you flip the cards it always works so if you put two cards together like that okay it's always working so the ground is the, the the planet is going all around so you can explore every tile and it's always working that's so super we, cool so i'm just going to explain to the people that are listening yeah. right they don't have the visuals but listen because yeah. what he just showed me is really cool so he's got the center kind of it almost looks like a sun with the kind of like spikes around a circle right and then there's these wedges that kind of plug into each one of those little uh, crevices around that sun and these tiles are kind of uh, these wedges are, are i guess face down and then as you're exploring because you randomly distribute them at the beginning of the yeah. game and there is extra um, tiles so you can always change the game yeah and then you flip them over right but then the way they've done the artwork that when you have these tiles next to each other no matter which tile you meet up the artwork is continuous that is so super sometimes cool. you have islands and sometimes you have like a, yeah. a river so you can't cross without the boat oh it's crazy that's really neat. And who came up with that idea? Like, so the, the actual mechanic of that, of having kind of that sun with the tiles around the outside, what was, who came up with that mechanic? It's it. Nice. It's a, 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 at the beginning, it was a pirate exploration game. And we was trying to do like square tiles. And we was looking to do an unlimited exploration game that you can just turn and flip and tile that is always working together yeah. and we try like 15 different uh, mechanisms to do so uh, but when you find that round planet yeah. we found that it's like a flattened herd so you have yeah, the herd is, there yeah. Yeah. and this is the end of the world yeah yeah so we decide to produce a viking yard a viking game so the viking was thinking that the planet was flat yeah. So you have to explore the planet, and at the end of the world, it's the it's the the, the it just drops off. It's drop <laughs> off. <laughs> so this is the mechanic of Vakengar. Oh wow, that's crazy! So that was the first game you guys created. So you entered that into a contest first before you went yeah. into the Kickstarter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And did and, you guys win, or how, how did that go? We won the public prize, and we was second on the jury prize. Wow. And then, so when you decide to take that to, and, and just kind of coming into this, what were your day jobs? Like what you guys obviously weren't doing games for a living. So what was your kind of day job that informed? He is a graphist. Side? 
He is a okay. graphist, so he's doing uh, conception, uh, visual conception, and uh, publicity, marketing, and everything. So it's yep. it's hard uh, business. Yep. And I'm uh, doing it, uh, IT. Oh, okay. So I'm uh, uh, I'm not a developer. I'm the uh, business analytic analytics. Got it. So you guys came into this kind of saying, okay, we're going to get into this gaming world. You've dipped your toe in the water by doing a contest, which you guys, well, the first, first shot uh, where you're going after Zabelby Bub, uh, digging the tunnels under uh, hell didn't pan out, but then yeah. uh, you launched Viking Gar and um, obviously people loved it because you won a contest. It was a success. And then, so what took you from there then into Kickstarter? So what, what was, what caused that leap or how did you make that decision? Uh, we was very new in the business and yeah. we wasn't we know nothing about create game designing uh we was new in the business yeah and we try we start to read uh, some books some blogs some uh, different different uh, path to know what can we do and we decide to uh, explore. We try to manage with some publisher, uh, and we wasn't sure if we want to go there. Yeah. Uh, Etienne want to keep his arm on the visual and on the team. He wasn't uh, open to to throw it to another publisher, so we wasn't sure. Yeah, as soon as uh, you go to a publisher, I mean, you're signing away your rights to so they can change that design if they don't like his artwork it's gone <laughs> yeah it's gone and if it doesn't like the team it just changed the team and yeah. if you oh, say yeah. if it doesn't like that component he say no we throw it away yeah. so this is one fa- one uh, reason why we choose to do our own publisher uh, publishment um the other reason <clears throat> is that we wasn't know every step of the production line so when a publisher say it's that fee we didn't know that okay the component cost that that was this is the cost of the component this is the cost of the shipping this is the cost of the threat so we was like in a black box (laughs) and say okay take my game so we decide to do uh, the kickstarter to do our own path and to find on our own way every single step of the production so if we are to, if we have to negotiate with a publisher yeah we know now we know what's the reality there sure so yeah, this is and, the second reason and i gotta and you know from personal experience i can say that you are going to learn way more about the process if you go through the process Right. And, and we've interviewed, um, uh, people on this podcast that have gone through that process and thought, you know what, I had to go through the process to realize that that wasn't for me. I just wanted to create games and sign with publishers, but you never know. You might find that you actually enjoy that part of the the business as well, but it certainly can help you understand all the aspects so that, you know, kind of even down the road, if you decide to go with a publisher, you still know all the steps that are involved, right? And bring yeah, that game yeah, to market. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're better informed and making and, better decisions, right? And now we are on the, on the line where we are at the, the, the moment that we want to decide what are, 
we are going to do next. Do we want to be publisher? Do we want to be uh, creator or both? And we are on the line right now. So when you uh, successfully funded uh, Vikingar, which again, uh, over a thousand backers is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, 93, almost a hundred thousand. Yeah. It's very impressive. What are some of the things you did to promote, like, how did you promote that? Uh, like what was some of the key marketing things you did to try to, you know, build the audience out on that? Uh, we was young. <laughs> we didn't make that much. Yeah. Uh, it's then produce a lot of visual. We spread it on the, the internet, on the, the, on Facebook. Uh, we pay for uh, public uh, and Facebook's change in the last five years. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot easier five years ago to promote and to do publicity on, uh, on Facebook. Right now you pay the same amount and you will not have visibility at all. So this was uh, our first experience and we have, we had the, the, the space on Facebook that it was open. So yeah. it was a little bit easier that, that, time and we are uh, kind of lucky too because here in Quebec uh, there is a big board game community French uh, speaker uh, French speaker community community yep. uh, that love to play board game and it's really weird there is more board game selling in Quebec than all the rest of Canada oh really wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I didn't it's, Wow. Anyway, it's a very big community of board game and uh, time to translate all my games <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true there's a lot of playery and the, the french community and yeah. community in Quebec is really strong so this helped us so you had the home core advantage i imagine too right so what percentage of your backers were from quebec versus kind of the rest of the world about one third so one third US, one third Europe and the uh, rest of the world and one third Quebec. And Quebec, we are 8 million, 9 million. I don't know how, how much we are in Quebec, uh, but for that m amount of people here, yeah. it's crazy to have one third of our back. That is, especially for one province. That's, uh, yeah, that's incredible. Um, but I, I mean, I know from just my own business over the years, uh, definitely there's, um, Quebecers like to look out for Quebecers, right? And so, you know, everybody kind of um, rallies behind each other there, which I think is is awesome. Uh, and we are the French speaker in, in Canada and in uh, North America. So there is a lot of French speaker, but not at that much community. There is few yeah. in Ontario. There is few in, in West Canadian. But yeah. Quebec, we need to... To, 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 to help other French Canadian because we, we it's a, it's a crazy, and I don't know how to explain that, but it's a community. Right. And I think it's, um, you know, which, which I think is great. And I think you get that in other parts of the world as well, uh, where you'll have communities. They'll say, you know what? And in France, there is a French community yeah. in Germany. There is a Germany community because exactly. all around the country, there is, it's another language. It's another yeah. reality. So it's the same. And I think, and I, you know, I, I'm encouraged by that. And, and I, you know, people don't always get that. They don't always get the kind of hometown advantage, right? Where you have your local communities really kind of rooting for you. Um, in many cases you do, and that's usually friends and family. But if you can get a community behind you, I think that is just absolutely awesome. 
So how did you ship? Like, so when, when it got to shipping this game around the world, right? So yeah. one third in Quebec, a little bit easier uh, into the States. Not so, did you use a fulfillment partner or how did you ship to these different locations around the world? In general, we have a fulfillment in Europe. Uh, we have a fulfillment in the US and one in Quebec. Uh, last time it was in Ontario for uh, uh, Vikingor. We yep. use uh, in Ontario, it was... Uh, Snakes and lattes, or yeah, snake and lattes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but for for current uh, forty thieves and uh, Nouvelle France, we are doing our fulfillment up by ourselves on Canada. Okay, in the states, who'd you use? Like Quartermaster or one of these yeah, guys? Yeah, QML. Or? And then who'd you use in Europe? We change every time. That's all right. <laughs> we tried um, Happy uh, Happy Shop. We try. Okay. Uh, this is in uh, Germany. Yep. Uh, we tried in uh, UK. It was um, Games Quest, Gwen, Gwen Quest, yeah. and now it's a it's a little business, a little uh, company in France uh, oh. that is distributing a book, and they will do our uh, shipping for us. That's awesome. How did um, so? You had three campaigns. Which of these campaigns was the most complicated for you? Depends on which aspect of the game. Okay, let's uh, break that up. So let's let's I want to split this into one is which campaign. So I'm just getting the message out, and then which game? Because <laughs> I think okay. I'm gonna answer on the game. But let's yeah. let's talk about the campaign first. Which campaign was more complex? Viking Gore. Is that because it was your first or? Kind of. Yeah. And it was. Uh, I turned maniaco depressive. I don't know what to say that in English. Uh, when you are up and down, and up and down, and up and down, and up. All the down. emotional roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. It was uh, horrible, and we had some people in France who got on a, a blog and a forum. Uh, who start to bash on the product and bash on oh. our on our company and they say that we are lying to everybody and when, it, it was really hard to do, to to manage that and uh, <clears throat> Vikingar was it, it, our our game are really really expensive to produce. Oh yeah. We didn't uh, well, it's it's just crazy. We are a little bit. Uh... <laughs> Where are you manufacturing? Are you manufacturing in China or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one was with Long Pack. Okay, uh, yeah, Long Pack. Second one, it was uh, Game Land. Yep. And uh, Nouvelle France, it's with Panda. With Panda, okay. Yeah. So, in terms of, so you get the emotional roller coaster the first time you go through the campaign, which everybody yeah. goes through and uh, can totally relate. And our goals are always high. Uh, and everybody, we, we, won't, we don't want to do. A normal campaign, yeah. like short goal with a lot of uh, stretch to to complete the game, yeah. and we don't want to have a half game produce. We always want to have a dream game produce uh, yeah. on the component and other. So we always want to have a high goal, and it's difficult to do to to manage a campaign like that. Viking Art was our first one, and we had like I think it was fifty or sixty-five thousand dollars gold. So for our first campaign, it's high. That is high. That's crazy high. Yeah. And this was difficult, and uh, we 
managed to complete the goal with the help of uh, uh, Asmodee. Asmodee okay. bought us uh, Asmodee Canada bought us game during the campaign and we decided uh, for distribution here in Canada and okay. we decided oh. to inject that money in the campaign to give a boost. Uh, so we a good big part of the the, the, the money that Asmodee gave us, we mm -hmm. decided to place it in the campaign to give a little electroshock and it's really worked. So we, we, we get high, but we sacrifice money that way because Kickstarter drained about 10% of the, of the, of the pledge. Yeah. So we sacrifice money to give, uh, earth, uh, how you say that, uh, electroshock yeah, and, to boost and, yeah. and to boost the campaign and it, it's worked. Did, um, were you using any kind of like, um, uh, pledge manager or anything like that on the back end or did you, uh, for, uh, we use backer kit on the first okay. one, yep. uh, on the first campaign, uh, on 40 thieves, we decided to go without, uh, late pledge and the pledge manager and mm -hmm. do not do that. <laughs> you need a, a pledge manager or you need to have, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, this is this is uh, important. So let's, let, let's dig into that. So why why would you say that um, don't go with the out the pledge manager? Was it because you missed out on the late pledges or pledges that came in after the campaign closed? What was it specifically that kind of? It's a lot harder to produce the backers list. You can mm. work with Excel, but it's yeah. not easy at all. Uh, it's hard to do some re, uh, some uh, survey after the the campaign. You can do a, a lot of survey, so it's difficult to recall the the, the answer to just pool. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard for the address management. It's hard uh, for the pledge. If you uh, you have money in Kickstarter, but you have extra, you have little. Uh, um, you want to add some some goodies that people want to yeah. buy, and this is hard to manage without pledge. Very money. tough. Yeah, yeah, if you have a simple campaign, uh, so give an example. I did one, which is a card game where there was literally one thing we were offering. So there was no extensions. There was nothing. We just wanted, no need for it. Right? That was super simple. And uh, I would say that um, uh, Kickstarter is still pretty sparse in what they give you on the back end to help you with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have any kind of like add-ons, it, it is. I could see how much of a nightmare that would be to manage with that. Yeah, if you have a card game that you sell at fifteen bucks or twenty yeah. bucks card card game or 55 uh, and you just ship it to somebody and you have your address and you didn't need the pledge manager yeah but if you are doing some uh, question after that if you want to have goodies if you add-ons if you want to have a, a two copy package if you want to have uh, this is crazy. <laughs> so you went through three different manufacturers. So why did you change manufacturers between each of the different games? Um, for the first one, it was the the, the quote. Uh, so when we changed mm. uh, Long Pack to Game Land, uh, there was two 
component uh, in our 40 Thieves game that Longpad wasn't able to produce at a good price. Mm. Uh, it was uh, difficult to have uh, the, the Sapphire in the game. Uh, if you look at our gem, it's not small piece. <laughs> right, it's a large piece, yeah. Yeah, it's large piece and it's, uh, it's a special component. It's a gem, it's big, it's not like plastic, it's kind of... Uh, uh, glass pieces it's looked like it's av yeah. and this piece wasn't not good to produce with long pack so this is why we changed we had good good uh, it was great with us it's not a problem with the producer it's it's component issue and our card in 40ts are really special too it's not normal cards mm. it's uh, one it's half million it's a it's about one millimeters and a half tight. It's, it's plastic, it's laminated. Uh, so it's not a normal component to, yeah. and this card wasn't possible to do with a long pack. So uh, that's an interesting uh, thought. I actually came across this recently. Uh, I was quoting out uh, one of the next games we're working on. And I would encourage anybody listening that's, that's doing games even if you're happy with your current manufacturer. So say you've, and, and we, we, we were, we were super happy with the first two games we did, same manufacturer did both. But I still went through the process of quoting out competitive quotes. And what I found uh, in that process, and we end up changing manufacturers going into our third game, was that um, certain manufacturers have different kind of setups, right? So for instance, if you want to do like mini cards and you want them to be blue core versus black core, well, their machine that does black core may have a certain number uh, of pre kind of preset on their die, right? Yeah. Um, versus another manufacturer that might have a different set. So if you've got a, say a number of cards that kind of falls in between one manufacturer is a little bit higher than one manufacturer's die set versus another uh, manufacturer's die set yeah. is, uh, is large enough to accommodate that. They may end up being the other one with the larger set may actually end up being cheaper. Um, it's not a disservice to the manufacturer you had. They just may have a different setup, right? And there's a perfect example of a component that one guy couldn't do. So what happens? He has to then quote it out. He's got to get another company to do it and they have to broker it and bring it in. And that's going to add a lot of cost. It was great. It was great with, with yeah. us. They do a good quote, but with that component, they send out samples and we was wasn't happy of the, that samples with the other company. And so it's for the component that we changed for another manufacturer. So which of the games has been the most uh, difficult for you in terms of just making, would you say? Forty <laughs> uh, Thieves was, uh, you see uh, the, the box. Yeah, it's like uh, a tea box, yep. Yeah, it's a tea box and yeah. it's plastic cards and we have big jam. We was thinking it will be easy to produce but we had issue with the gem and we received different qualities and so this yeah. was difficult but nouvelle france it's a way new adventure yeah. um nouvelle france is uh it's uh every cube every block of nouvelle france or four color block multi-angle wooden shape uh it's it's big like tetris block yep but 3d so you have block it's not only on x and y it's x y and z axis so every cube are multi 
directional, different color. So they need to glue every little single piece together by hand. Oh boy. And, <laughs> and the snow plate are like uh, 15 millimeters high. Uh, you see the block there. It, yeah. It's it, it's not easy to produce. <laughs> so we had a, a plenty issues with that production <laughs> we and then you're doing like molds i guess for like this to describe again for listeners he's got think of it like a tetris cube but where you have like the z shape each of those cubes on that z are a different color and they're fused which has got to be crazy costly but and, it's and not only on that axis there is cube that are going on the three axes all three axes yeah yeah exactly so there is no mold for that and it's not it's multicolored, so we can just throw plastic in that <laughs> and then you've got this mold that kind of acts as like the snow drift that goes around i guess the player board of the church and this is hard wood and this is made of wood wow yeah we have 3.5 kilogram of wood in the collector uh, box so this is a crazy complex game what this got to weigh a ton to ship too right it's it's 3.7 kilo per game yeah yeah, that's uh, that's it's a heavy. Game. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a big box. And where did that one ship to? So if you look at your the backers on that one, was that was there more backers in Quebec on that one than say some of your other games? One third, still one, one third. third. Wow. Yeah. So I can see how that'd be costly. So what's kind of next? So you've got these three games that have been successful. Congratulations on those. Uh, the next is to ship the game, but because it's on the boat right now. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the next step. So this is the only one to ship. So everything else has gone out except for the Nouvelle France, right? Yeah, everything is done. But Nouvelle France, uh, the fulfillment will start about uh, uh, first, second uh, week of uh, 2021. Okay. Uh, and we are managing to ship by our, our home in Quebec by uh, doing our own uh, levers uh, shipping here. Got it. And then, so what's, is there a fourth game coming? Do you have a new game you guys are working on or what's the next kind of in, in play for you guys? For the moment, it's a little rest. Uh, we have plenty idea. We have, uh, the, we work on a product right now. Maybe but expansion of Vikingar or? Uh, we worked on the expansion of Viking Gar a little bit, uh, but we didn't spend a lot of time right now. Uh, Viking Gar, we want to do um, a Viking Gar second print uh, yeah. that you have a new game with the same component. So you have to buy a box uh, that did that will add to your first game. Got it. So you, you have a new game without buying new component and mm. it's a completely new gameplay so you have two game with just one. Oh, that sounds cool you know what i mean i understand what you're saying well jean Thomas, thank you so much for your time uh today i know it's been crazy for you guys at the holidays and with the little ones running around um you know what i can't wait to see the expansion of the viking guard if there's anybody that wants to check out your games how best do they find your games? Is it uh, is it go to jackbro.com or? Uh, yeah, they can go on jackbro.com, but we didn't have any distribution right now. Uh, okay. It's uh, really short runs. Uh, like Vikingar, we are sold out. We, I have like 15 games left at home. Wow. Uh, 40 teams 
we still have in Canada here. So mm -hmm. it's possible to, to order and we can ship our, ourselves from Canada. So yeah. if you are in Canada, it's not that expensive. Uh, but if you are in states or Europe, it's it's uh, there is the shipping fee. It's uh, is the the reality. And Nouvelle France, uh, it's a shot round two. Uh, that game is crazy expensive to produce. So yeah. we did a really really short run. So we have few extras here in Canada, but uh, after that, it's gone. Wow. <laughs> I can't wait to see the next uh, the next behemoth you guys create. It's going to be awesome. The All next the... game will be easier and will be uh, easy to pro uh, easier to produce. And this is Fan Attack. Okay, Fan Attack. Yeah, it's Tag Arena. Yep. And you have a card, magnetic cardboard like that. Yeah. You have to place and um, how you say that? Or uh, you have to. Complete your order before, okay, and everybody yeah. show their card after that. Okay. And this is your hand. So if you still have uh, action card here, you can use it. But if you didn't have it, you didn't have any more action to do. So you have to re redraw some actions. So this is your your deck. Oh, super cool! For anybody listening, he just held up a uh, like a, a, like a player board, right? So you have everybody knows kind of what your individual player boards are. It's magnetic, and then he's got these little looks like hexagons that like actually stick to the board for the for the pieces to do the hand. That's super cool! Can't wait to see it. So this is the project we are uh, working on for the moment, but uh, we need a rest. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, let's take some rest over the holidays. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. All the best to you and your family. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.